0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of our podcast. My name is Carl,
1: and I'm Holly.
0: I'd like, to welcome to another wonderful edition of Cults Coffee and Conversation. How are you doing, Holly?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, Carl.
0: Excellent. I hope you folks enjoyed the Ayum Shinrikyo, little international love there, or should I say, cultish love? Once again, give us five stars. Let us know what you think. Give us the feedback. We need it to get up that algorithm of what what are we? Uh, arts and leisure? No.
1: It's culture and... um.
0: Culture and appropriation. No. (laughs) Uh, It's culture and leisure? No. Something like that. Whatever. We want to get up the algorithm, guys. We want to be number one. Number one in your hearts. Number one in your podcasting systems. We want to say thank you to everyone who has already made comments. We love the feedback. Like I said, I know I'm repeating myself, but I don't care. I'm just in a good mood because we have a new rolling out a new edition of what we are doing, a new belief system. But before we get into that, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at Colts Coffee and Conversation, Instagram, Colts Coffee Convo, Twitter at Colts Coffee Con 1, that is Colts Coffee Con and the number 1. And also we do have our email at Convo at gmail.com. And there's another way of also reaching out as well. Holly, take it away.
1: Yes, you use your memo voice memo on your smartphone and you record a message and you send it off to cultscoffeeconvo at gmail.com
0: excellent excellent thank you very much holly now let's get in well wait before we get into our cults and our conversation about cults let's talk about our coffee holly what are you drinking
1: well today you know they've rolled out a new smoked Butterscotch latte, which I had hot.
0: Ah, very nice. And I am drinking the smoked butterscotch frappuccino. I'm cheating. It's cold outside and I have a cold beverage, but there's a little twist. When you order it, order it with the whipped cream mixed in, blended, and not on top. So much better, so much sweeter. It's a milkshake malt style. Mmm, I love it. Alrighty. Sounds good. It is delicious. Are you ready to uh, get into our new cold, Holly?
1: I surely hope so. Uh,
0: apparently not. Okay, just kidding. All right, so we decided to do a very, how could we describe this group? It's very extremely secretive. So everything has been very difficult to obtain via the internet. The only main thing we got off of uh, was a documentary. Okay, it was it's on Netflix? It's called. Uh, what, what is it called it's again? Called it's Buddha called Buddha Field. Nah, the Buddha Field. Is it the Buddha Field? Oh, no, no. it's called
1: Holy Hell. Holy
0: Hell. That's right. Holy <laughs> Hell. And it's about the group called the Buddha Field. Now, first, I thought it was the Buddha Fields. No, it's just Buddha Field. So it's plural. So it's Buddha Field. Or no, singular, not plural. Buddha Fields is plural. But Buddha Field. So we're talking about the Buddha Field. Now, you want to talk about a very, well, let's just put it this way. We're going to get into some of it but we're not going to get into all of it simply because we actually want you to watch it because this is probably the perfect film to just kind of describe an actual cult uh, with... with uh, it was created by one of the former members of 23 years, I believe it was?
1: Yes, something like that. So
0: over two decades. The people who are involved in it were all in the beginning of uh, of it as well because, as you can see, it was, was it 80... Well, he joined, what, in 85? Yes. 1985, but it goes further back than that. Uh, so somewhere in the early 80s, this thing kind of kicked up into it. Uh, but, yeah, we're definitely going to get into the, you, you see the transition, and the thing is, a lot of this stuff is actually on film. He actually was the, I guess... He was
1: the videographer, The videographer filmmaker. for the Buddha field. Yes, it was to promote the group.
0: To promote the group. Well,
1: actually not the group, but the, but the master.
0: The master himself, yes. He goes by the master, with, but he also goes by about a million other names. Uh, one of them, well, his legal name is uh, Jaime Gomez, uh, also known as Michelle, also known as Andreas, also known as the teacher, also known as Reggie. That's what he goes by now. But we're going to go ahead and get into it. Holly, go ahead and uh, take it away.
1: The thing I appreciated about this documentary was it does go over almost textbook of what a cult leader is like. Yes. And I think that's what we were alluding to before.
0: Yes, and like I said, there's so much film on this, it's all original shot, and I love it.
1: Yes. So in 1985, the filmmaker will join the group, but they were all smart, beautiful young people, and they were looking for a spiritual experience, and they all found this family, okay? Yeah. Now, the leader at this point was named Michelle. Yes. And he held meetings in West Hollywood called Satsang. Mm. And Satsang means soft and still.
0: Mm.
1: Michelle said he had a master who taught him, and he would teach them to be free mentor them guide them and he was going to be the guru right so he had some interesting looks about him he wore speedos a lot
0: yeah the pretty much i think 99 percent of the documentary films and the films he did <laughs> he's in speedos yes very very odd
1: and he wore ray bands now this is in the 80s ray bands were very popular yes he was dancing he had contemporary music spoke four or five different languages and is very artistic
0: well he's also an attractive guy Yes. His physique is very appealing to both men and women.
1: Well, he was a dancer. He's a yes. ballet dancer. Yes. And an actor. And he did dance with the Oakland Ballet at one point. Yes. He was humorous. He was witty. And he was playful like a child. He told his followers to drop all their ideas of what they thought they were supposed to be. The filmmaker went to all the meetings, the group outings, and started a weekly hypnotherapy called Cleansing's Meetings with... Michelle.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit later. will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: One group member said she fell in love with the people in the group first, and they were together 24-7. Everyone knew they were in the Buddha field. It was their family, and they lived communally in houses. They shared food, household duties. They lived clean and sober. They exercised and took care of their bodies. They all had jobs or businesses. They pooled their money to get things built and towards what was necessary.
0: Yes. And also just uh, if you remember in the 80s, they had the hair clips were the thing. Uh, this one, they created a thing called wings. It was like a dual, dual, like it looked like a teeth, like a mouthful of teeth, but they like were separate, little, like two jaws, like, like two upper comb, and lower two combs, kind two of combs together, and they would actually clip it together. And it was actually extremely successful. Yeah, it was called Wings. Just kind of throwing that. Well, out. Well,
1: they had uh, real advertising on uh, on the television.
0: Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also, was it Michelle's number one like message was just love? Okay. At this point, mm-hmm. okay. Now, while they're attending all these things, they actually had a thing called the the Shakti Retreat. Okay. Yes, the Shakti Retreat. Now, on the Shakti Retreat, now you where was this held again? You you found the the, the yeah it
1: was. It was in the Mammoth Lake area of California. Ah, yes.
0: So, you know, and they, of course, he does have the video footage of them actually there. So, you know, once again, I'm going to repeat myself multiple times in this and regards, this, but all this stuff is actual footage of him doing it, which makes it even more personable more yes, personable. Yes, you
1: can really see what was going on with the people. Yeah,
0: through the eyes of his, his camera lens. And of course you know, this was, what year was this again? The first one that, that he did was it 1987-ish?
1: Probably 89. And
0: it's 89. So mm-hmm. the fashion was fantastic. Oh my gosh. If there was any. Anyway. But there was
1: still a lot of Speedo wearing, right?
0: Tons of Speedo wearing. Oh my god. <laughs> Very <laughs> gross. Anyway, okay, so now at the Shakti Retreat, of course, they're in the mountains and mammoth there, and it's very beautiful, very open space, very quiet, so they can pretty much do their thing. Now, what they would do was that, the, uh, according to the the followers. Now, also to so you guys know that a lot of the followers in the original group of the Buddha field is actually all in this this documentary. Yes. Then they they share everything. Their emotions are on film, and they I can still see that some of them are still. Hurt and still affected by. Well, we'll get into it, but you can you can feel the emotion through through the through the uh, television. Anyway, um, now what they do with it would, it was like a transferring of energy from the master to the disciple. That was one of the quotes. The other quote was uh that uh, when he was doing this. Basically, what you see him doing is he's putting his thumb on the third eye. Now, if you know anything about. Eastern mysticism, is that they actually have the third eye, which is just above, like, in the center of your forehead. That's your third eye. Some people say it's lower. Some people say it higher. But we're just going to go for where I saw his thumb go, which is in the center of the forehead, and he would press on it, and he would, you know, twist it a little bit. And if you could do that, sometimes they say if you have a headache, you just press really hard on the center of your forehead. It'll go away. Anyway, he'd be doing that, and it would be very quiet, but they would get him in an emotional state of, of you know, meditation. Uh, like I said, he used hypnotherapy a lot, so it's one of the things where you know if you have ever been hypnotized before, this guy's doing it on a daily basis. Anyway, so um, the the uh, one of the um, uh, followers said that the, his body was convulsing when he first. Uh, it was the first time they doing it. Uh, the other another one said when he touched me, I was no longer myself. Also, another one says I was blitzed out and high, but with no drugs another one said it was a profound experience you know electricity was happening all through his body another one said that it was flashing light and sounds of like a, a a jet airplane you know just he was just all into the emotional part of it now while you're going through all this kind of you know ritual or whatever they're doing um there's uh, more than just the uh, the shock tea that was was it's just an outing but there's something else that's that's the ultimate step To take us to enlightenment now this is called the knowing now uh, Holly you can get in more detail about the knowing go ahead Okay.
1: yeah the knowing this was uh, when Michelle told the group during this retreat there'd be a day set aside where they could come and ask him for the direct experience with God he called it the knowing yes so this is what their enlightenment was the knowing is based on a book called the Bhagavad Gita (laughs) Oh, boy, here we go.
0: Bhagavad Gita.
1: Yes, where Krishna reveals the direct experience of God to his disciples. So people thought that this was what they were looking for, to see, taste, and know God. They were willing to give up everything for the promise of enlightenment. Now, this is a theme that we've heard from other groups that we've actually done. covered
0: before. Yes. And, and also he uh, they show in the video to where he's mentioning that uh, this is going to be the revealing of God to you in its purest form. Wow. Purest form. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: That's OK. So not everyone would be able to receive it, though.
0: That's it, correct. It's
1: just because just because you ask doesn't mean you're going to get it
0: well yeah cuz basically what he would say he would go off and after they're done with all their emotional ups and downs or whatever and this and they do show the emotional stuff that they did there they did a lot of stuff on that little the getaway but you know he would always let them know that there's a day that he's going to have open to where he's going to ask you who wants to receive the knowing and if you think you went all the way up there not to receive it you're an idiot. So of course they showed did you, when he asked everyone raised their hand. Go ahead.
1: Right. So he would be sitting in the woods on a big throne <laughs> chair. Very and, kingly. Yes, and he would be in you'd have to actually walk towards him in a certain there was a distance it was a between distance, the yes. group and him.
0: Yes, and the one person would guide him up to a certain point. And then they'd have to go on their own, on their own path to approach him.
1: Yes. So he'd be on this big throne chair, and he would ask the person in front of him, what do you want? And they would reply, to receive the knowing. He would act doubtful. At first, he would ask them, you'll have to give up everything. Are you sure you want to receive it? They would say, yes, of course. And then he would say, well, you know, I'm going to know if you're telling the truth or not. Right. He would then say, you are not ready for it yet?
0: Yeah, he would either give it to you. He does have the video of people who did receive it, the filmmaker. He would actually have their emotion. They were like overwhelmed with emotions. Now, if you were not, yeah, that was. You were
1: still overcome with emotion only on the negative side. But on the sadness, yes, Mm -hmm. that is correct. Because you would be lacking. Yes, you would
0: feel inadequate. Is what uh, uh, Emiliana would say. She was the one that was there with one of the longest one yes. members there, mm-hmm. and she saw was it, she saw people. I'm sorry, am I stepping no, over? No, that's okay. okay. No, no, no. Uh, she she um was saying that you know she didn't receive it, but my brother and my sister received it. My two brothers and sister received it. She was there longer. Uh, she saw people who have barely been there get it, and she questioned why not. And it was it was just like explained off you know, kind of thing to, uh, you know, well, you know, they're old souls or whatever. And I, I looked at it as when watching that, it was more like a popularity contest. Right. That is my opinion. And she though. had
1: devoted her whole life and worked like a yeah. slave for six yeah. years. Yeah, her sister
0: was mentioning that mm-hmm. when she got it, she, uh, her sister got it and she and her sister obviously popped up on screen saying that she worked like a dog, like a slave for him. And for him not to get it, she thought it was BS.
1: But of course, it's all a manipulation. Of
0: course, that's his way to power and control. Yes. Yes.
1: Carl, talk about what happened after all okay. of them went up. There.
0: Sure. So basically, um, so basically, actually, he starts walking down. Of course, remember, this is all recorded on a camcorder. He starts walking down after giving everyone their either yays or nays and regarding the knowing. And you could see some people uh, coming back from from it like just you either had, like I said, on the left-hand side, people were just like awe and wonder and, and, and just in euphoric stages of happiness. And you saw the others where they're just crying, bawling their eyes out. He also zoomed in on, some, on one of the uh, uh, disciples, as they call them, uh, we just just glossed over. Everything is in the eyes, In with this documentary, the eyes play a key role in this because you can see the change in in how they are. The major the people who received quote unquote the knowing, it was very glossed over, very just in a in a transit in a transient state. But he, uh, there is a scene where he's walking down from you know off his throne, coming down from the mountain. Where he's met with a group of the people who got the knowing, and they're like just, I it, to me it was creepy, because I'd be like uh, I gotta go, you know, but they're just giggling like little children, and and just uh um like, just they look like they were drunk, and he mentions like are we are we drunk uh drunk, you know like drunk off love, ha ha ha, but. You know, it was it was something like when you look at these people, you're just like, oh man, you you guys are missing at least a can out of a six pack. But the eyes itself, like I said, the eyes again, you take a look at their eyes are just glossed over. Now, now the thing we talk about gets more in depth with as far as you, this going culty is uh, like it hasn't done enough. They have a thing called serve, to serve the master. They kind of explain you know, to serve the master. Here are some of the uh, uh, responsibilities. You had body workers. Now body workers are people who do massages and they only massage him. Okay, As is as put it out there, it's only service to him and that's it. No one else gets to benefit from it. So you had body workers who just, just constantly massaged him. He also, uh, you had to work out. A lot with him.
1: Now, wait. The body workers also did adjustments. Yes, they did adjustments too. Okay.
0: But we'll get into that in a little further. Oh, okay. Uh, Then, uh, um, now, if you were one of the the servers to the master, he would always, and of course, you surround yourself with you know at this time is what about 200 people, right? Somewhere in there, it was a pretty large group that he would always say to them that they're just using him as as an excuse. People bow down to Jesus. They bow down to Buddha. You know they do that all the time. I'm just that that person that you're bowing down to, for certain. And and he said, "I'm you know I'm nothing. You know I'm just I'm just I'm an excuse," is what he was saying. The more he said that, the more people would actually show him more devotion. So it was kind of like reverse psychology. And he uses the uh, dance ballet as a discipline. Tough love, a lot of tough love in there because was it. Ninety percent of the people pretty much hated it.
1: Yeah, they did, but they weren't dancers, but they had to become one. But yes, they, they probably. But they did a lot of yoga. I mean, they weren't awful at it. Right. But he also would be disciplinarian in, in the in the training sessions. Yes. Being in the ballet.
0: Yes, and a lot of people hated it. There's a couple of the uh, people said, "Oh, I loved it," but everyone, the guys, like, "Dude, it sucked." Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like this is crap. So I could see him kind of uh, well. He he had it was part of his uh, his his version of control. Also, speaking of control, no sex, how, no sex at all. And how many cults have we covered that use the same thing? No sex, no relationships are allowed. He was, he would say that sex uh, was a low energy, so there was no need for all that.
1: And the crazy part was that everybody in the group was young and beautiful, fit. Yes, you know it would be kind of it's like. Uh, they're probably all in their twenties. Yes. So it's kind of crazy to think that that's going to be something they're not going to want to do. Right. But they do want to do it. He knows that, so it's another form of trying to control. Right.
0: And now let's talk to the specific service to the master. Uh, first of all, when you when when you look at the the film itself, clothing is definitely optional. Holly didn't notice much of it, but I did. Well,
1: when you say clothing optional, well, I'm thinking I meant nakedness.
0: full nude. No, yes. I'm talking speedos only speedos only aisle and i'm talking the european cut yeah you know that it was like everywhere you saw he's in his speedo everyone's in there like all the dudes are in their speedos and all the girls and the women they're in their two-piece bikinis not one piece two pieces to show off the physique right they tried to correct you know but they
1: all look good
0: yes they all did look good because well we'll get into a little bit of it further down the road on, on why now also uh the body workers did the adjustments and the massages and we're talking on an hourly basis. Um he also had people cooking for him and also doing food prep for him. And one of the one one of the uh followers had a an interesting story about food prepping about fruit salad. Yes.
1: So one of the one of the people that wanted to do something for the Master, specially, so he said, "What can I do for the Master, specially?" Yeah, how can I serve? Yes, how can I serve? And someone suggested, "Well, why don't you make him a fruit salad?" So he didn't just get some fruit, cut it up, and put it in a bowl. No. No, he made beautiful works of art, and obviously it was. There were pictures taken and the videos taken of it. They had the Last Supper.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And they have, and believe it or not, in this film they have the photos of it. So it's not like you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, they actually had photos of it. It was really cool.
1: Hours upon hours to make the detail out of all these fruits. You know, we're talking berries, pineapple, mango, everything.
0: Well, he made a Buddha out of a mango. Yeah. He did the Last Supper, which actually looked really, really good. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm impressed. Yes. Uh, But what else happened? Uh, Something about a blender.
1: He didn't realize until he saw one time that his roommate was putting all the fruit into a blender after he spent hours and hours to create these things. And he wasn't even get, these weren't even getting shown to the master.
0: Right. They were just taking it in, showing in a blender, and making smoothies. Yes, that's it. But he, but he did say that he continued to do it anyway.
1: Yes, to show his devotion.
0: To show his devotion. As always, show your devotion. Show your devotion. All righty. Now. Fast forward a little bit—not a fast forward, but let's get into the the, the specifics of this uh, uh, this group as far as their belief system kind of goes. But you gotta pay. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, Holly? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay, so it's hype. Uh, hype. No. Hypnotherapy. Now, here's the kicker: it's fifty bucks uh, a, a session. And, of course, how many people are showing up to this? A lot.
1: Well, first off, if you're in the group, everyone does it.
0: Yeah, there's no option.
1: Correct. So $50 once a week times, say, 200
0: Yeah. So he's making money there. In these hypnotherapy sessions, he What are would,
1: they really called, though? What is he the called? Cleansing. The cleansing. The
0: cleansing. The cleansing, yes. Yes, the cleansing. I've never used the cleansing. Easy there. Easy <laughs> there. Where's Sheila? Go find her. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, it was fifty dollars per session. Uh, they use the emotional pain as a strength. They would had, do things like hit the pillow, you know, share everything. And of course, you have uh, uh, while they're talking about this, you have you know the followers saying this is what they did, blah blah blah. Yeah. But really, my goal is to kind of brushstroke all this. I want you folks to actually watch this because it's very like once again. And like we always say, you can't make this stuff up. You, This is a perfect documentary if you can't make this stuff up. So it's really important. I highly recommend you guys watch it. Also, um, it was like to flush the bad memories. And in order to do that also, it was uh, we're changing our names to, ch- to to erase the past. So everybody going from Craig to, what was it, Francesco. Yeah. Something of that nature. So yeah, it yeah. was just like you look at all these names and they're a little more exotically instead of Mike, Craig, Mark, you know, just... Normal, normal, regular names. So he kind of spice it up a little bit, and some of them would detach, detach themselves from their families. Now, does that sound familiar a little yes, bit? Yes, it does. A little bit. And of course, the the joke that was going around uh, the group at this time was the fact that they uh, we were questioning, "Are we in a cult?" And they would actually look at it and say, "You know what? If we were in a cult, this would be the best thing." Yeah. This is not not that bad of a cult to be involved in if it is considered a cult. That is,
1: that's what they said. That's what
0: they said. And he, uh, the leader or the teacher, his main goal was: we're an anti-cult.
1: Yeah, we're a non-cult. We're, we're a non- non-cult. Mm-hmm.
0: We're. We, he really tugged at the heartstrings of an act of uh, saying actual family. Yes. Okay. So. So that's that's what they're this is the this is the good stuff. this is where everything's fluffy, everything's beautiful, everything's a well tuned machine you know he's got his nice little life of him being pretty much worshipped as a deity and but everybody's in tow, everything's feeling nice and fluffy,
1: yeah, even everyone there is in agreement yes and they're they're fine perfect
0: with it. harmony as they say, but then things start. To change a little bit, mm-hmm. so and on that note, this is what we like to call the cliffhanger. Wait till next week, guys. We're gonna get into it a little bit more, where we start to see the dismantlement, the the belief system change, and we're starts to get really culty and dark. Yes. Yeah, so on that note, to all our tonight's we say thank you. We love you all. And on that note, good night, Holly.
1: Good night, Carl.